Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey everybody, welcome to the Mini Break, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel production, your daily podcast for storylines, results, and controversy in the tennis world. Today's Wednesday, October 16th, and we're here to talk about WTA and ATP action, both in Moscow and Antwerp. My name is Jamie McDonald, and I'll be your host. With me is my Wednesday regular, the best co-pilot I could possibly ask for, Matt Stokowiak. Matt, how's it going? Jamie, what's up, man? I'm still... I'm still trying to catch my breath from last weekend. I mean, we had Shanghai, we had a big college event in Tulsa, and and you know, I look this week and we got a bunch more tournaments going on. So, I mean, there's, this, there's no uh, rest. The whole mini break thing really makes you realize how much of the year is spent playing tennis it by someone. Does not someone stop. somewhere is always playing tennis at some level. It yes. is ridiculous, and there's always something at least for tennis nerds like us to be able to cover. Um, gotta gotta throw a quick jab into my guy Gruskin here. I am very pleased that I'm on the pod with you as opposed to Alex Gruskin because man, we, we we got into it over the weekend. I don't know if you got a chance to yeah, that's, uh, that's listen, good, but man. the GSP. Some bickering back and forth. He was trying to make some just ridiculous claims. He had the audacity to go after me on some absolutely ridiculous when we were talking about <laughs> the best seasons of the decade. It got heated, you know. Uh, but glad to be back here with you, getting down into the day-to-day, talking about these matches. Listeners, I think the way we're going to do this one, we're going to talk about Moscow first because there's ATP and WTA action there. Then we'll head on over to Antwerp and finish out the pod. So without further ado, let's talk about the action in Moscow, the Kremlin Cup on the women's side first. Um, Of course, you have some of the bigger names coming into play tomorrow, but we'll go ahead and talk about what went on today, um, which is October 15th. You've got Pavlyuchenkova winning over Sakari, the seventh seed. That would be the big upset of the day in this one. Mladenovic moves on over Putinseva. Yastremska moves on over Kasakina. Kudermetova moves on, and Gracheva wins 3-2 and two over Tomlanovic. So got some movement into the round of 16 there. Um, Hercog wins 4-2 and two over Siniakova. Interesting for Hercog here. I know I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but Hercog with the win 4-2 and two, sets her up to play Belinda Bencic, and that's the three seed coming in here. I mean, are you expecting that to be just a blowout from Bencic? Um, no, I, I don't think... I don't know if I'd say blowout. I'm definitely I, – I would heavily favor Benchich in that match. I know Benchich is coming off an early round loss last week, I believe. Um, so she is probably ready to get after it, I would imagine, this week. I'm thinking she'll be a solid favorite. Um, but Herzog always – you know, puts up a good fight. She's got a crafty game. She'll slice a lot off the backhand side. Um, you know, good serve and everything. She plays a, a little bit different stylistically um, than a lot of the other women on tour. So I think it could be a good match. But I mean, if you were asking me to pick it, I I, I just I got to roll with Benchich, even though she looked a little shaky last week. 
Very fair. And it's too, it, it's interesting too. You talk about just the different type of gang that, game that Hercog plays. And it's very interesting too, because you look at it and you see some just very mixed results. Um, when it comes to it, you look not too long ago, just a couple weeks ago, she takes out Kerber in a tournament fairly routinely four and two. Well, then the next tournament she plays, she goes out to Donna Vekic in a round of 32, one and one. So now we're back, you know, she has a decent, a pretty good win over Siniakova actually four and two, but now she's going up against someone like Benchich who granted, maybe we haven't seen her in best form, uh, as of late, but still someone who, like you said, very much expect to, um, completely hold the favor in that one so as we move down um, just keep that in mind listeners that one is coming for you tomorrow although slotted to go on at i believe 4 a.m eastern so uh get up really early or stay up really late if you want to catch action on that one <laughs> um, Alexandrova moves on one and four over Sebalova. That puts her into the round of 16 as well. Flipkins gets a win, three and two. And Kanepi takes out Babos, one and three. Um, in terms of action for tomorrow, we just talked about the Herkog and Benchich matchup, but you've also got some other ones in play here. I think the one that I'll be circling, and you know, Matt, you can you can talk about if you've got a different one, but for me, it's Donna Vekic and Muchova. I think that's going to be the one I'm going to keep my eye on. Yeah, I mean, that one's interesting. Um, you know, Yastremska is always interesting. I mean, she's playing Flipkins. You know, Flipkins, a, you know, an old veteran now. That could be an interesting match. Um, you know, it's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, all these matches are pretty are pretty good. But I mean, if I was gonna get up early, man, it would have to be for that Benchich match. I think. I mean, that's just to me. I think Hertzkog has the best chance at you know maybe pulling an upset there i think that could be the most interesting match uh tactically so um that's probably the one that i'd circle but they'll, they'll all be pretty good yeah i think so and, and really when i'm looking at the donovan kitch mukova match i mean that one well hey maybe this is i'm just more interested because it goes on at you know 1 p.m eastern so i can actually watch it right <laughs> uh, none, none of the being spoiled with all the action here in the states but you know mukova is someone who we've seen you know come with, come up with some decently big results right i mean look we saw her run in the u.s open end in the third round against serena but but a decent fight losing three and two there you know as we go as the as the season has moved along, we've seen some decent results from her. You know, she had a close match with Madison Keys. What was it? A couple weeks ago in China, I think she lost uh, four and six there to Madison Keys, someone who is very dangerous and can blow anyone off a court. So, you know, this isn't one that I'm expecting her to beat Donovan Kitchen, but you know. I, I don't see a reason why she couldn't come up with this. I don't think this is one where she thinks she's a huge underdog. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I like it. I mean, these these matches are are going to be pretty good. I think there's there's a decent chance at upset alert again. I probably wouldn't pick it. I mean, if you were asking me for a pick, I I'd, I'd have to roll with Donna Vekic, but you know, it, the the upset potential is there. Yeah. That's, I think that's fair. Well, I guess we will see, or uh, more realistically, we'll, we'll probably read about it when we wake up. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.
Anyway, let's go ahead and hop over to the men's side that covers the men's, or excuse me, that covers the WTA portion, looking at the round of 32, and then that next crew moving into the round of 16. But on the men's side, um, I got some pretty big names in this one. Um, Rublev, the sixth seed, coming up with a three-set win over Bublik, Gruskin's guy, 6-1-3-6-6-4. Karlovich coming up with the most Karlovich scoreline you could possibly yep. come up with here. Wins it 6-4-6-7-7-6-8-6 in that final tiebreaker. So Dr. Evo just doing what Dr. Evo does, apparently, and just continuing to break his own records when it comes into these in terms of the age, right? Especially when he when he enters into a major, he gets to keep breaking his own records. So love to see that. He's always the oldest guy out there to do something notable. So good for Dr. Evo. When we're thinking about Carlich, how much longer do you think he's got? Like what do you think he where do you think he's at mentally there? I don't know, man. If if he can keep serving the way that he is, I mean I, I don't know why he can't stick around. I mean he's forty and he's still comfortably top hundred. I mean I think he's his ranking right now is in the eighties. Um I mean that's that's good. He can get into events. Um and, and when he's pulling out matches like this you know, obviously 7-6 in the third, 8-6 in the breaker, but against an opponent like Bedene, uh, you know, who's, you know, uh, a consistent, yeah. you know, good tour-level player, I mean, he can he can continue to play Dr. Evo. I mean, I don't see why he would have to hang it up, um, you know, anytime really that soon. I mean, it's going to come eventually when he just can't move anymore and, you know, his body just literally breaks down, but... I mean, right now he's still serving well. So if he's enjoying it, I mean, my advice to him would just be soak it all up, man. I mean, take advantage of this. You can only play tennis on the ATP tour for so long. He's obviously done it as long as he has. But man, if he's still having fun, if he's enjoying himself out there, and especially if he's still getting wins, I mean, I'd love to see him continue to do it. I think he should for as long as he possibly can. Yeah, and I mean, it, it seems like that's where his head's at, right? Because look, he's 40. He'll be 41 in February. You know, like you said, in the 80s, I think he's currently at 87 at the moment. But like you said, coming up with quality wins, right? So, you know, as long as he's still enjoying it and, and it's worth it, right? Like, yeah, he's out there. He's doing it, right? And, you know, he's established himself as a name. And it's it's an interesting one because... I don't think he even he is expecting you know big things out of himself at this point. Um, you know I could be totally wrong there, but in terms of the mindset, I guess he's just out there because he's still enjoying it. And look, when you come up with a seven six eight six in the third sort of win, I mean it tells you that you still got the fight to do it. And so you know, hey, stay out there as long as you man, well, as long as you want, man. And, and the thing is, you know, anytime a Grand Slam rolls around, nobody is going to want to see him in the draw, right? No, I he's mean, a pain. He's, yeah, he's, he's a, a pain. pain to deal with. Exactly. He's that wild card that you just see in the draw and you're like, you've got to be kidding me, man. Dr. Evo in the first round, unbelievable. Nobody is going to want to see him. That, that That's what's funny about it is, I mean, he can roll into these tournaments kind of just as the old guy and, and really he doesn't have much to lose and he can just play his game and, and it's going to work against a lot of guys. So, it, very, you know, I, yeah. I still, I think it's fun if he sticks around, I'm looking forward to seeing him again next year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I mean, hopefully we just keep seeing him and keep seeing him, but um, some other good results on the day. Cole Schreiber gets the win over air bear of France, six, three, seven, six, seven, three in that tie break. Kesmanovic gets a win. Um, he's taken, he moves on to the round of 16 with a one and five win. Carbeas Benya wins in three sets over Barancas, 6-2, 4-6, 6-3. Kukushkin, the man with the 
most interesting backhand in the world, I'll say it that way, <laughs> taking out Donskoy, 6'4", 6'3". Um, and then one you know, one that I definitely want to talk about, Shardy taking out Jari, 6'4", 6'2". Seen some up and down from Jari, and I do want to give some credit to Shardy, though, because as of late, Shardy has looked really good. Yeah, he's definitely been playing well. I mean, again, age really with him, this is another guy that's been around for a while. I mean, he's just a veteran yeah. of the tour, and, you know, it just doesn't seem like it's really affecting him that much. I mean, he's seeing some pretty consistent results here um, lately, and and you mentioned Nicholas Jerry. I mean, I know that he had some good results earlier this year on clay. Um, he, he's really, he's a really good player, man. He's a big guy. He hits the ball hard. He can, he can, you know, rally from the baseline. He moves pretty well for his size. He's not an elite mover by any means, but he moves okay. And, you mm-hmm. know, his results have just, they've been inconsistent, right? I mean, he'll have a good win. I know he played well during the clay court season, but since then we haven't really talked too much about him. Um, I just, I think that's the next step in his progression is just to find a little bit more consistency, you know, week in, week out. And if he can do that, I mean, he's got the tools. He can be a perennial, you know, top 30 type player if, if he can, um, just find these results, you know, more consistently. But again, a loss to Shardy, you know, four and two, and you know, you're out of the tournament. That's not going to get it done. So no, and it's yeah, it's about being consistent and you know, more specifically, at least what we saw this year for me, it's about sustaining a level across the whole season, yeah. right? Because it, it just seemed like a drop off. And that's not to discredit Shardy, because let's look at, I mean, look, over the last few weeks and even a couple months, however far you want to go back with Shardy, he's had some good stuff. I mean, look, he almost ended Zverev's run in Shanghai. Um, what was it last yeah. week? That was a very tight match, 6-6, six 15-13 six, in that first set. Zverev ended up winning it. But Shardy, very winnable match there. Even before that, he took out Edmund in straights, took out Dan Evans in the qualies to get there in the first place, right? I mean, he's having some great matches, too. You look, uh, go back to China. He lost to Hachinov once again, 6-6. Six and six. He was the four seed there, right? That's a close match after taking out Chechenato. You go back, I mean, even to the U.S. Open, Shardy took out her catch. Granted, this was a her catch who was like decently tired, but still, anytime you're beating Hubie, that's impressive. Um, and then yep. took a set off of Vavrinka, who had a good run and, and ended up beating Djokovic at the U.S. Open, right? So, I mean, we've seen some good stuff from Shardy. So, I, I, I guess just good luck to him. He's taking out Kus, uh, Kasminovic next. I don't know. I mean, like... Look, Kesmanovic is obviously match, the match. yeah. I mean, that is a tough matchup. And look, Kesmanovic is the eight seed there. You're probably looking at it and thinking he's the favorite there, which is fair. But I would not be surprised if Shardy ends up winning that match at all. Yeah, no. I mean, I agree. I, I wouldn't be shocked either way. I mean, both guys. That that could be a grind. I mean, I'm I'm thinking that could be you know a for sure three setter, um, if not like another six and six match because. Um, you know, there, there's going to be some long rallies in that match. Kecmanovic, he moves really well. He doesn't have any major weapons, but he just does everything really solid. Um, so yeah, I think that could be a good one. I, I wouldn't be shocked if that one went either way. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and get into some of the matches that will be upcoming, particularly those for tomorrow on the men's side. And there's a few, I think there's a couple that I would circle. Um, I think the the first one, uh, the number seven seed, Manorino, taking on Kukushkin. Um, if I were going to watch that one, I think it would mainly be, be because of the weird strokes. Once again, you've got Manorino <laughs> with the weird backswing and looks like he just kind of pushes the forehand off the left-hand side there for a bit. And Kukushkin with 
well, we'll say it again, the most interesting backhand in the world. Um, and then the one that's really intriguing, um, slotted to go on at about 11.30 a.m. Eastern. So that's a great time for us. Cole Schreiber and Hatchinoff. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one, man. I mean, if you were going to circle one for tomorrow, that would be it for me. Cole Schreiber, obviously, I feel like we talk about him a lot throughout the years. Just, you know, he's that steady Eddie you know, veteran that knows exactly what his game is. He knows he has a clear plan every time he steps on the court. And when he executes, he he upsets a lot of really good players. So Hatchinov is going to have to be on guard. He's going to have to play well. Um, obviously, if Karen Hatchinov brings his level, his best tennis, he will win that match for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But if he if he slips, Cole Shriver is the kind of opponent that will be right there to pounce. Um, so it's, it's an interesting match for sure. And keep, and keep this in mind too. We've seen Cole Schreiber beat Hashinov multiple times. He leads the head to head, I believe three to one. And okay. even earlier yeah. in the year, we saw Cole Schreiber beat Hashinov in straight sets. Then if you're going back in 2018, he beat him a couple times, I believe, uh, in Italy and then Rotterdam. So he's got some win of, wins over Hashinov. Of course, we've seen, um, Hatchinov develop over the last couple of years. That's obvious. And like you said, if he brings it and brings his A game, I think this one's kind of over before it starts in a way. But hey, I mean, like you said, Cole Schreiber, he knows what he's doing out there. He knows he can be incredibly steady and he knows that he can frustrate some people with his game. Um, and so, you know, especially if he's playing well, I, that would be a very entertaining one to watch. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Cole Schreiber, just a true pro, man. I mean, when you think of like just some just serious professional players that just go about their business. You never hear anything about them, you know, in the media or, you know, uh, on Twitter or anything. There's just nothing. I mean, Cole Schreiber is just that guy. I mean, I feel like he just wakes up, he goes about his business, he eats, he plays his match, he goes to sleep, he recovers. You know, he just literally is probably just so regimented. He does all everything that he has to do. Um, and you never hear a word about him, but he's been, you know, such a steady top 50 guy. I mean, I feel like he's been in the top 50 his entire career and he's like 36 years old now or whatever he is. Um, he's, he's a true pro man. It's, it's, I like watching him. I really do. Yeah. Philip Kohlschreiber, man of the tour. That's really all you got to say. Yeah. Um, but that wraps up what we're talking about in Moscow as well. So let's go ahead and hop over to Antwerp. We've got some ATP action to cover there. Um, talking about round of 32 results on the day, and then we'll get into what is coming up for tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, I mean, let's just go ahead and start here. Murray getting that win, 6-4, over Kabajens. I mean, Andy Murray, man, what are we thinking? Yeah, I mean, he, he's on the comeback, man. I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good about him. He's getting more matches under his belt now. Um, obviously, I think in this particular instance, he, he got the benefit of a good draw. I mean, Kopion's wild card, you know, from Belgium. They're playing in Antwerp. That was a great draw for Andy Murray. I mean, that's the guy that he probably would have wanted to get. Um, he gets through it four and six. I think we've heard that, you know, Murray is planning on playing the Australian Open as far as mm-hmm. I heard. So that is great news. I mean, that means his body's feeling great. Um, so I think I think it's all positive stuff. I mean, obviously, we have to keep him in perspective, right? He's not going to be the Andy Murray that won three slams, you know, several years ago. We're not going to get that guy back. It's just not going to happen. But I, I don't. I think it's out of the question. He He's not going to reach that number one, number two in the world type level again. I think that's past. I just I think we have to temper the expectations a little bit 
and just enjoy him for what he is being out there competing. You, you know, every time he's on, we know that he's going to give it his all and he's playing at a, at a very high level. It's just, you know, it's not going to be like winning grand slam type of level. Um, and so, but I, I, I'm, I've accepted that. And so every time I watch him now, I just, I get the pure enjoyment out of watching him compete on the tennis court. And I know he's happy doing that. And that makes me happy. So for me, it's all positives with Andy Murray, man. As long as his body feels good, which I think it does, um, he, he's playing some pretty good ball right now. There's no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's great to see Murray on this comeback tour. Um, I'm taking positives away from this too. And hey, if he keeps winning and beating beating the people he's supposed to beat, that's that's really what his job is right now. Um, looking at some other matches on the day, uh, the young gun from Italy, Yannick Sinner, getting the 6-4, 6-2 win over uh, Matschrek of Poland. Umber, the Frenchman, getting a win 6-4, 7-5. He'll be moving into the round of 16. Simone uh, making very quick work of Darcy, 6-1, 6-2. The three Oh, hey, appreciate it. You and Gruskin love that joke, but uh, you know, listeners, since you can't see me, uh, they they say I pass or have a passing resemblance to Jill Simone of France. So I'll take it as a compliment where I can. Um, of course, another Frenchman in action, Gasquet, um, on the wrong side of a three-setter against Quan. Uh, Gasquet wins the first set six-one, bit of an odd match, then loses the following two sets three and four. Not happened. Not sure what happened to Richard right there, but you know, Richard Gasquet is a guy who's really just trying to find his game and get it back right now um yeah it's interesting to think about him you know this was this was one year i think i talked to gruskin about this specifically that i really wanted to watch the french guys you know those veterans who have really been they've been a staple of the tour but you know i wanted to see really what they were going to be doing this year so your simones your sangas of course being the top tier of that your gasquets you know people who have been around and are veterans but really didn't know what was what was to be had there so I felt like Benoit Pair was kind of carrying the flag for France early on in the year. Um, that dropped off a touch, and we saw a flash of a really good Richard Gasquet potentially, but um, looks like that was unfortunately not here to stay. So anyway, we'll see where um, France as a whole is going on the tennis side. A sneak preview of a round of 16 match that we'll get tomorrow. Um, once again, this one's at like 12.30 Eastern time, so hopefully you'll be able to catch some of it. Simone and Sanga will be going at it. Simone, uh, of course, the underdog against uh, Joe Willie, the sixth seed. But we'll see what happens there in the All-France battle. To round out the matches that happened uh, today, the 15th, Lopez took out Cam Nori, 7-6, 6 um, lost in straights to Copel, 6-4, 7-6. And Struff making quick work of the Frenchman Barre, 6-2-6-1. Not a surprise there. Struff with his big game, getting the win he's supposed to get. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we talk about him a lot, right, it seems. I mean, he's uh, he's put together a, a really good year for him, I think. I mean, he's, he's oh, yeah. had... He's had some really good results, and I know we always talk about his consistency, but I think this year, like when he looks back and reflects on 2019, he'll be able to look back and and be proud of um, everything that he did this year. But you know, going into 2020, I mean, now the expectation ramps up a little bit for him, doesn't it? I mean, I feel like it does. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's got yeah he's got some more expectations, some a little bit yep. more pressure, which. It's good for a guy in his position, honestly. I think it's going to push him upward. Um, you know, it's not like he had some crazy results that he has to live up to. It's right. like we've said a million times. It's just about you know keeping that game and sustaining that high level because we know it's there. It's just gotta. He's just got to be able to do it um, uh, at that level for 
just over a longer period of time and then also from event to event, from week to week, right? He can't just be bouncing back and forth between the big game and then the misses. And yeah, yeah it's just it's just too hard. And obviously with his game, you know, sometimes you're going to be feeling it more than others. That's that's completely understandable. But it's about weathering the storm when that's not going perfectly for you. So looking for big things from Struff in the coming year, of course, but you know, not by any means a, a sort of incredible pressure that's put on him by any uh, by any stretch of the imagination but let's go ahead and talk about some matches that we've got for tomorrow as well Tiafo's in action against the german maiden cuevas will be taken on delian of course we already mentioned the simone and sanga matchup you've got pella in action action against kwan and then what i think will be the match of the day what they've circled and given us as the prime time this will be going on at about two eastern vavrinka and feliciano lopez yeah, I. It's weird though. Like when I think about that matchup, I don't. I don't know, man. Like Lopez, obviously he's gonna try and serve and volley, get to the net a lot, slice off the backhand side. Stan is so powerful. It's just I don't know, man. Like I. I almost feel like that match could potentially be like just blowout city. It could, really? It, I, I, don't I think know. It, I think it could be, but then again, it could also be really close. I think that's just like a complete. It's a really hard match to predict. You know what's going to happen. I, I I could yeah. You know I could be totally wrong. I I see what you're saying. I could be totally wrong. I don't think it's going to be crazy one sided though, just because Lopez can hold serve, especially against Vavrinka, who's going to be blocking a bunch of those returns back. If Lopez has a good serving day and makes a lot of first serves, yeah, he'll I be think in. it'll be pretty close. You know, he might get broken one time with Favrinka coming up with some huge, huge shots, and, and and that that is what it is. But we've seen some good stuff in singles from Feliciano this year. You know, he's he's by no means out of this match. And sure, if Stan brings Grade A Stan, this match is probably over before it started. Um, but like I said, if Lopez serves well, you know, Vavrinka, we've seen him, especially on that forehand side, you know, he'll just chip it back. That'll set up a lot of the times for Lopez to come in behind it and, and do something pretty or beautiful at the net as we've seen him do a million times. So that's one to be watching. Of course, the all French battle of Simone and Sanga want to be watching. Um, before we go and wrap here, you got anything else on Moscow or Antwerp? Well, Francis Tiafo, man. I mean, I'm yeah. interested to see how he does. He is not, you know, he he hasn't been relevant recently. Um, and so, I, I think I said this a few weeks back. I think it's best for him really to just, you know, have 2019 end and just get to the off season where he can kind of refocus, go back to training, get ready for 2020. I think that's what he really needs, um, just a mental and physical break. Um, but you know, he's entered these, you know, this tournament. So I do want to see how he plays and if he can finish the year uh, on a decent note. I mean, I would like to see him do that. So if, you know, he's going to be playing in these events, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be following closely and, and Maiden's a guy that, um, you know, I, I, Francis, I would just, I I'd really like to see him get the win there. It'll be disappointing if he can't pull that off. And that's just kind of, if he doesn't, that'll, you know, further my thought, you know, that he just, he needs to get to 2020 like ASAP. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what he can do, man. 
Yeah, well, of course, we will always be rooting for um, the Americans, especially when it's the next-gen crew. They're a little yep. bit, I feel like they're pretty close to our hearts. So, of course, we're watching there, hoping the best for Francis. Um, but, Bat, want to thank you for hopping on once again. You are the steady man who shows up for the Tuesday night Wednesday special, and it's always a pleasure. So thank you for hopping on again, and what do we tell our listeners? That's a break. All right, and we'll catch you guys next time.